LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody. It is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. And you know what? For those of you who follow me and know me, know me personally, I do leave myself a slight bit of today entertainment in my life. Aside from music that I listen to, I also watch football. I know I'm a bad guy. I listen, I watch sports ball, right? And it's one of the few connecting ties I still have with my brother, whom I love dearly, but we have almost absolutely nothing in common outside of music and sports. And even in there, we still find controversy. Okay. But we are talking about our pathetic team, the Washington Commanders. And out of nowhere, somehow or another, the conversation shifted to economics. Now, he knows that this is a subject that I live and die on. I talk about constantly. But he starts talking about how, oh, you know, Washington, he starts talking about the economics of Washington building a stadium. And then he starts talking about, well, you know, they gave people all the, taking all the uh, minimum wage and raising it to $15 an hour. Now, all of a sudden, he starts coming up with this thing and it's like long and expansive and it's filled with every possible, like, I don't know, like wrong-minded thing ever. I didn't even know where to begin. I didn't even know where to begin in the conversation. I was talking, but, but what, but, and it was like, there was no getting a word in edgewise. And it was like, where would I even begin? Quite literally, his entire economic framework that he tried to lay out before me it was incoherent. It had no, I mean, he's a smart kid, smart guy. No coherence whatsoever. Lots of stuff that he piecemealed from Fox News or piecemealed from the bar stool or piecemealed from his buddies, whatever. Like the entire conversation, I just sat there and was like, what do I even, what do I even say? And then it, it dawned on me. It was like, I'm not here defending Joe Biden. He may be a Republican. He may be a freaking fash baby. I, I'm not supporting Joe Biden. So, you know, all the fighting about Joe Biden, this and Brandon, that and all that crap. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But, but there was no path to a logical conversation at all. There was no way to present basics. The cup was filled. He, his mouth was moving. You know, these can't work when this is working. So he needed to take the sock right here, right from here and put it right here. It ain't happening. Not with my brother. I <laughs> love him to death, but it ain't happening with my brother. His mouth kept going. And so I realized having been around, you know, 53 years and 50 on this planet with him on it too, that there's no point in pursuing the conversation. Now, that's family. Mind you, right? And I thought to myself, is he really any different than most of society? 
he's got his own little quirks. He is my brother, so naturally he's weirder than <laughs> we're both off the you know somewhere else, but but it was so incoherent that was like, what do I do? So anyway, I thought that I would share Biden's latest tweet so you can kind of see how hard it is to know the correct answer about economics, not be supporting Joe Biden, who is an absolute neoliberal, horrific, horrible, horrible president, horrible president, okay? But he's, uh, he, because he only knows Republican Democrat, he is full on assuming that I'm going to defend Joe Biden. Got nothing to defend, Bob, nothing to defend. So let me show you Joe Biden's tweet so you can understand exactly how deep the bullshit goes. This this quicksand of whataboutism, all these things that people throw at you, and it's just a nonstop deluge of idiocy, right? Incoherence, impossible to bridge from A to B. They're not, there's no starting point, right? But this is our president of the United States saying what I'm about to show you. And it's like, what the fuck? He says, Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. Taxes don't fucking fund spending, douchebag Biden, right? He goes, this year, we've reduced the deficit by more than $1 trillion. And then Gritty comes in, check it out. Democrats are always talking about the deficit, but it's just an excuse you use for more austerity. This year, you've outdone Republicans again. Your donor base must be so proud. Now, if that's the way your president, our president, the president of the United States talks to people if that's the answer is it any wonder is it any wonder you hit a fucking brick wall every time you try to talk to a vote blue sycophant and explain that biden's got it wrong explain that biden's not telling the truth explain that he's in fact using reich wing reich wing reich wing fucking austerity and these fucking vote blue sycophants are running around back slapping each other on the back because, hey, guess what? Jolton Joe Biden, you, my friend, went ahead and reduced the motherfucking deficit big time. Look at that. Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for corporations. Not a penny of that was paid for. This year, we've reduced the deficit by more than $1 trillion. 85,000 likes, 1,451 quote retweets, and 18,000 retweets. Now, let me ask you a question. Just spitballing here. Okay, just spitballing. As that son of a bitch pushes that stuff out there, and let's be fair, austerity is murder. Deficit reduction is austerity. Austerity is murder. Someone is dying for these fucking ridiculously worthless economic idiocy. Okay, economic illiteracy from this neoliberal party, this right wing neoliberal party that is supposed to be the opposite of the Republicans or at least a countervailing thing, but alas, they're not. 
Joe Biden is pushing for austerity. And, you know, before Joe Biden is in there, and if some Republican was in president and I was telling you austerity is murder, many of you all be going, austerity is murder. Austerity is murder. But when I talk about a Democrat president, you can't divorce yourself from it. You can't accept that the Democrat is pushing right wing austerity. Why is that? Divorce yourself from your party loyalty for a minute and use your mother effing brain. If he's reducing the deficit, if he's cutting spending, if he's celebrating, if he's putting it out there and lauding it like it's a good thing. What have we got here? What have we done? So I, I, I say this because every answer that I would have had for my little brother would have been a bumper sticker. But each bumper sticker would have created a thousand other words I'd have to say because he would come back with a thousand more ideas that had nothing to do with anything. We've done this before. We've done this dance, you know, the two-step, you know, we do the Carlton. You know, we're doing the Carlton together as he sits there and runs through the same wash, rinse, repeat as he thinks he's talking to a Democrat that supports Joe Biden. He thinks he's talking to someone that doesn't have a brain. See, I know better than to support Joe Biden, right? I didn't require anyone to tell me how to go. I knew, I knew that he was an austerian. I knew the things that he does are more dangerous in so many ways because they're stealth. They're not in your face overt that you can just fight back on. They're the kind of thing that bad people celebrate. I shouldn't say bad people, although I do believe many of them are bad people. There is a ignorance, a quicksand of intellectual ignorance that is just sucking us all down. And see, I do an hour-long show, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I monologue usually because I have a story to tell. I'm going to tell you something important. I'm going to try and use analogies. I'm going to try to paint these things out so that you can see how this plays out. But most people are looking for a TikTok. And the answers for the things that are most important are not going to fit in a TikTok. You'll get one little piece part, but then it opens up a whole freaking Pandora's box of other derpity derp derp kind of comments. Ridiculous comments that take, they can say a stupid comment that is so ridiculous and so divorced from reality, but they can say it just like that. And they don't have to put any extra thought in, but it'll take you 10,000 words to explain why what they said in that derpy derp derp thing was wrong. And you know what? After the first five words you said, they've already checked out. They don't want to hear nothing about whatever you said past the fifth word because we have been stupid and dumbed down. And quite frankly, people are lazy as fuck. Lazy AF, A to the motherfucking F, lazy brains, unwilling to divorce themselves and unplug from the matrix. Now, I will agree, everybody's kind of caught in the matrix. Even people that think they're not like myself are trapped in the matrix. No matter how much we try to extricate ourselves from the matrix, we're still in the matrix. And every time we turn on news or every time we read bullshit on Twitter, we reprogram our brain back into the matrix. And then we have to de-scramble it and come up with a way to pull back from the matrix so we can deal in reality. 
because let me just be really crystal clear. I mean, this right here is absolute straight up grade A worthless ignorance. This is absolutely worthless ignorance. I want to repeat this as many times as I can so you all understand. Joe Biden, Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. True, and neither is anything you're doing paid for. It's always paid for with new dollars, Joe, and you know this. But this year, we've reduced the deficit by $1 trillion. $1 trillion. Once again, Joe Biden lighten up the austerity uh and 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 his sycophants going ar, 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 ar. you know they're ready to play with the volleyball <laughs> ignorance now how do you deprogram that ignorance first things first it's very important to understand that the ignorance isn't just benign this isn't like just a, a fatty cyst. This is a, a freaking cancerous stage four kind of tumor, okay? An infection, a stage four type deal. Austerity literally kills because when it depletes the money in the economy, when they stop spending, the people with the least have even less. And the people with more get tight with it. They don't spend it. They keep it tight. And this is what creates the death at the bottom. Now, I want to tell you, I'm going to pivot from this for a moment, and I'm going to come right back to it. But I did a fairly in-depth, long view on let's get ready to grumble yesterday at uh, Status Quo. I read two very, very important articles, one by George Monbiot and another by another lady in 2018. I can't remember her name right offhand, but if you check out my Let's Get Ready to Grumble at Status Quo, you'll see it. And what I did was I talked about a young Jeffrey Dahmer before he had become a mass murderer. And I showed how the very things that his father had talked about and how he had talked about um, were, were the keys to tipping him over the edge that were the abandonment issues, the severe loneliness, all these things. And they are literally things that doctors and scientists have observed that recognize that neoliberalism creates these very things. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to suddenly become a Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm not saying everybody be a John Wayne Gacy. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I am saying is this, when you do austerity, when this whole mindset kicks in, when neoliberalism reigns supreme, you have shooters at schools. You have all kinds of things happen because people go from just moderately annoyed to desperate in zero seconds, okay? It doesn't take much. We're all like one decision away from some really bad calamity happening. And the pressure of keeping a job, the pressure of showing up every day, the pressure of being on top of your game is incredibly challenging, okay? And the father, anyway, I went through this whole thing. And what I did, I had little inserts where I included, here's an area where we could have stopped Jeffrey Dahmer from killing. Here's an area where he wasn't a murderer yet that we could have saved him from doing this stupid shit that he did because we don't have adequate health care. And it was like, here is a point where the police could have stopped him from going further. We failed at all costs, at all levels. But instead, guess what some bozos, some useless bozos did? Instead of understanding that I'm painting out using studies. And I actually, the entire video was me reading those articles out loud 
and filling in some gaps in between. You realize out of that, some of the people took from that, that I was sympathizing with a mass murderer, that I didn't care about black and brown people, et cetera. This is the kind of worthlessness that abounds in society. This is the kind of idiocy, the, the, the freaking hole of knowledge just completely wiped away. Because once again, I'm saying I want to prevent new serial killers. I want to prevent new mass shootings. Oh, but we just topped the guns. Okay, well, what gun did Dahmer use, folks? What gun did Dahmer use? And Homeboy killed 17 people. Okay, he didn't use a gun. He went ahead and chloroformed them, went ahead and drilled holes in their head, ate them, killed them, did whatever. But he wasn't trying to hurt them. He was trying to have sex with them. He was trying to cuddle them. He was trying to spoon with them. He wanted friendship and love. And the only way he thought he could get it was with dead bodies. He was a paraphilia. Paraphiliac. In any event, the father... The father was a workaholic. He loved his son. See, this is the thing. The father loved his son. But the father was constantly out and about. And he was abandoned for months during the summer in his home. Had no one there taking care of him. His mom left. His dad left. Everybody left. And I'm trying to say, hey, he hasn't committed murder yet. He's still not a murderer yet. But this system, the way things go, the neoliberalism and all the other lack of health care, you name it created the very grounds that gave way to Jeffrey Dahmer. Now, could that have been stopped? I, I don't know. I'm not Nostradamus. But instead of people paying attention to what I was saying, and it's documented, it's clear. It's not like, I wonder if. We're, we're in a society where neoliberalism creates mental illness. So how do you have that conversation if it doesn't fit on a TikTok or a bumper sticker? How do you get someone past the, yeah, but he did these horrible things to, yeah, but how do we prevent people from doing these sorts of things? Everybody was being cute and thought they were having, but in fairness, I want to be crystal clear. The vast majority of the people that listened to it didn't have those issues. Mass, vast majority were like, oh my God, this is super powerful. Oh my God, this is so well done. Oh my God, this is great. So there are people out there with a brain. But there was people out there that didn't know and they didn't care and they didn't listen to the whole thing, which was quite evident because they had things to say, ignorant things to say, ignorant things to say, okay? And as a result of that, how, you know, they, they probably never got the real message. They don't really understand the, the evil effects of neoliberalism and austerity. And so, why am I saying this? Let me show you this again. This is your president. Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. Hey, Joe, you run a country that's a monetarily sovereign country. You create currency every time you spend. But you know that because you're president. But you're an asshole. You're horrible. You're a murderer by proxy, by policy, etc. You're an imperialist. You're scum. You're right wing. You're not a lefty and you are not a progressive. And anyone that said you'd be the most progressive is lying. Lying, Joe. You're a liar, Joe Biden. Okay. He started this year. We've reduced the deficit by more than $1 trillion. Okay. Again, I'm going to keep saying this until people pay attention, okay? I'm gonna say this until people pay attention. 
And if I die at some point where people have ignored me, so be it. I'll at least go into my grave knowing I tried. But I got a son that has to live with the outcomes. I have to live with the outcomes because my son will have to pay for it with his life, probably, with the quality of life because of so many people that willing, unwilling to listen and learn. Instead, they're out there celebrating Joe Biden's deficit reduction. Deficit reduction instead of spending heavily on health care. Why is that? Deficit reduction because they're not spending on ending student debt for real. Why is that? Deficit reduction because you're not focusing on a Green New Deal for real, a real Green New Deal, not this bullshit handout to car uh, electric vehicle manufacturers, okay? Not that kind of shit. So where is where is the champion? Where is the champion? Where is the truth? Talk? Who is going to be able to say this stuff to the people that only listen? And God, it makes my heart sick. It makes me revolted inside to think that people support the Democratic Party when it's in neoliberal state, when it's in that neoliberal state and they're unwilling to critique it, unwilling to speak truth. And then they bring up, but what about the Republicans? I am disgusted with that type of person because we can't even have the conversation because they short circuit the problem. They short circuit the conversation. They short circuit everything. Now I had a friend reach out to me saying, hey, my friend, a friend of a friend of a friend, my friend has a child with autism in Florida and we would like to know, or Louisiana or something like that. And wanted to know where the services, how to get help in advocating. And, and I got to tell you this, you'll see how this ties together. Um, you know, I told her, I said, look, you know, in, in the state of Pennsylvania, there are intermediate care and there's early intervention and all this stuff where they assess them and they keep, you know, they provide services. They provide someone to go to the classroom with the autistic children. They provide inclusion specialists, you name it. It's all costs money. But in the state of Pennsylvania, we underfund it. In other words, we only pay the people that do these jobs pennies. Okay. So most of them don't, you know, do it the job very long and they quit and they go somewhere else. Well, she's saying, Hey, we need a advocate for her kid. And I said, well, you have to be your own advocate, find a group out there that'll help support you. But unfortunately you'll have to be your own advocate. It's just the way it is. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. It doesn't have to be that way. And it was like, oh, okay. Like, like listening. Okay. But the average person won't listen to that. The average person's going to say, well, why don't they? And it's all this moralization stuff. Well, we should this and should that and should the other. But the intellectual conversation that goes into understanding the system and how the system can be changed, how aspects of it can be altered or completely scrapped and started anew, right? If something's not working, you have to change something, okay? Well, it's clear that the champion, Joe Biden, okay? Joe Biden is not going to be primary during the presidential election. And, you know, Bernie Sanders is talking about his good friend. I don't know whether or not he'll run against him or not. And even if he did, okay, what does that change in the grand scheme of things? Everybody still believes all the wrong things. Everybody still believes all the wrong things. 
and everybody's looking for it to be boiled down into a single sentence. And then, then if you make sense, then it's like, what's your credentials? Why should I listen to you? And now you got to tell them, well, listen, all the schools are being taught by neoclassical economics, economists. And so therefore all the shit they tell you is that right-wing neoliberal bullshit framework. So we're producing, producing, and producing more neoliberals through the college system, more neoliberals coming out of the whole system. And they're going to be the ones that inherit it and take it forward. So as I think about my son and what world we live, give to him, and I realize that most are unwilling to even consider the discussion about austerity and to consider the discussion about the fact that deficit reduction is wrong. Okay. Good point. A double K with a great point. 52% just don't participate. And most people, when they do the uh, studies to find out why that low participation is there, a lot of them say, well, I've voted for Democrats my whole life and they never deliver. Um, the others say, well, they changed my polling place because of gerrymandering. Um, or they sit there and say, hey, I've never seen them represent something that mattered to me a day in my life. So I stopped voting. I checked out. Or more importantly, many people are so desperate in life that they don't, the idea of higher level thinking of going to voting is beyond their ability at that point. Living under a bridge, they don't even have an address, so they can't go vote because you need to have an address to vote. So there's all these things, there's all these things that play into that 52%. And let me tell you, the Democrats, just I want you all to be aware of this. Maybe I maybe I'm saying something you all already know. But the Democrats, the Democrats right here, right now. The Democrats have what is known as a supermajority. They have the White House, they have Congress, and they have the Senate. I see some stuff going on here. Shane, I don't know what, what everybody's saying I'm sorry for. I'll read these comments later. Maybe there's an opportunity here. Um, uh, my best friend is dead because of this neoliberal system. He was addicted to opioids, tried to get actual help for it, and was thrown in an unregulated religious facility that told him to pray it away. Exactly. I mean, anyway, um, that's horrible. Um, you know, even even in even in recovery centers that are focused on the twelve steps with spirituality, and even those that I've seen because I'm in recovery myself. Uh, with religious, usually they know that it isn't just about praying it away. In fact, they're very specifically not because there's 12 steps and 12 steps never goes that way. So I'm I'm always concerned when I don't see uh, facilities and stuff like that do the necessary things. But all these things crop up because we don't have the funding and because neoliberalism's goal is to literally eradicate the state or make the state only subservient to corporations, corporate interests. The state doesn't interfere with corporate interests. Okay. And so as a result, it's important to understand that without change, without us finding a way to communicate with one another to where we can make progress, it's going to be a real motherfucking challenge. Literally, we, we titled this um, the intellectual quicksand. Because 
as soon as you bring up one thing, you get what about this? What about that? What about the what about uh the the petrodollar? What about the confidence in the dollar? What about printing money? What about what about what about what about inflation? What about my brother talked about how ultimately um if you look over there at um you know <laughs> I, I'm gonna screw this up, but I, I'm just gonna say it. You know, if if you look over there at the guys and gals getting an increase in pay, okay, that it's causing inflation and it's causing people to be laid off and repeating the same nonsense about automation stealing the jobs away. Folks, automation has always taken away jobs. And thank you, Double K, for the double punch there with a $49.99 super chat. Thank you so much, Double K. Appreciate you. Um, but without having an understanding of what exactly causes inflation people just start speculating they just start coming up with shit right you never hear anything about inflation being caused by the ceo taking out millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from the corporation you never ever hear about inflation that way you only hear about inflation when they talk about paying the workers a fair livable wage you ever notice that? Have you ever noticed that's literally the only time? Have you noticed that they don't ever talk about inflation when it comes to spending on the war machine? The minute you talk about healthcare, you talk about school, or you talk about anything else, it's immediately inflationary. See, how do you have a conversation? And so this intellectual void is there because when you talk to a vote blue sycophant, they're not listening to you about economics. They're not even conversating with you about economics. They're in vote blue protect mode. They're in vote blue protect mode. Okay. If you think about what I'm saying, they're not hearing anything you're saying because they're in vote blue protect mode. Okay. Vote blue protect mode. And when vote blue protect mode is kicked in, you can't penetrate that bubble. You cannot penetrate their thick skulls. And mind you, I'm saying Democrats, I'm focused on Democrats. Why? Because never once has a Republican told me they're going to fight to the end with me for a Green New Deal. Never once has a uh, Republican told me that they are absolutely going to stand arm in arm with me and fight for a just transition or a federal job guarantee. Never once has a Republican stood up and said, hey, I'm for single payer health care. I'm for universal health care. I'm for a national health care service. Never once. I've never once heard them talk about price controls or capping or collaring commodities or anything like that. I've never heard them do any of that stuff. All I've ever heard is bullshit. Okay. So I don't even look at the Republicans. Why? Because I know, I already know. But the Democrats, they've you've been told, I've been told. The only thing we can do is vote blue no matter who, right? Well, I look and I say, well, sir, ma'am, I'm assuming you have some great intellectual ideas. So let me look at this vote blue thing here. Let me take a peek at it and see what it says. Oh, shit. Let me read what vote blue means. Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. This year, we've reduced the deficit by more than $1 trillion, right? $1 trillion. One, you can almost see, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, our guy, uh, uh, $1 million, $1 trillion, right? Dr. Evil, just the Diet Coke of evil, right? Well, Joe Biden is the full evil. There's no Diet Coke of evil there. 
everything that that man has done has made my skin crawl. This whole thing, I'm serious. I want you to understand having a conversation about student debt. They've already convinced you that it's inflationary. It's not. They've already convinced you that somehow or another it's giving people free stuff. Then you got the shithead. Well, how come I didn't get any help? I should not give them any help. I didn't get no help. And then you want to say, well, gosh, can you imagine actually being a slave and saying, hey, no freeing slaves here. I had to be a slave most of my life. These some bitches shouldn't get off so quickly. That's that's exactly, that's exactly what that mindset is like. It's repulsive, it's perverse, and it's intellectually dishonest. It's ignorance personified, okay? The fact is, so we've got an extraordinarily oppressive system. Now, if somebody came back to me and said, hey, we're going to go back in time and look and see people that had huge huge student debt, Fed loan servicing, and we'll talk about the difference between paying people that have already paid their money and people that are in debt and not in, in this, you know, wiping that debt out couldn't be greater. To wipe out old debt that has already been paid, you would need to create new money you would need to spend that money into existence and you would need to pay them physically pay them money for that money for that debt that they had already paid that's new money creation that's money that isn't there that would be there suddenly that's a totally different thing that requires congress to act but saying we're not going to enforce the payments we're going to cancel the debt that's perfectly within the realm of the executive branch to execute the laws, okay? He made that decision to not do that. And now you're going to quibble as they peel away the little pittance he already put out there. You're going to quibble about it. The fact is, and this is a serious fact, if you don't know that no money was created to cancel the debt, then you've got some learning to do. If you don't understand the difference between canceling existing debt and paying back someone for debt they already paid, if you don't understand the operational difference where on one hand, Joe Biden has the executive authority to cancel that debt as part of executing that law, whereas over here, it requires Article 1, Section 8 with Congress to spend new money, to write a bill, to spend new money into existence to pay back those people. If you don't understand that, you've got some learning to do. You've got some learning to do, okay? But this is the problem. How do you identify someone that's willing to have a conversation? Like, I've been on some interviews where the people thought they were going to get me gotcha kind of thing where I go out there and and do a show with them. And they aren't listening. Their ears are closed and their mouth is open. You have an exchange with them. Their ears are closed. Their mouth is open. They're not listening to what you say. They're waiting for their turn to talk. And they're busy saying a lot of wrong-minded things. And you can tell 
like social media has a lot of tells. Okay. You can see who's liking and clicking on shit and you can tell who is getting fed with dog shit and who's getting fed with real protein. Okay. High quality protein. They're eating dog shit out there and they're liking it and they're clicking it and they're sharing it. And uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But that has created a whole phalanx. It has created this whole military style wedge to block truth from penetrating the proletariat. And by extension, because the proletariat is still on team Biden with this idiocy. Penetrating their thick skulls with knowledge is near impossible. Like we don't have enough time to order tea, fold our napkin properly in our lap, get a good window seat so we have a nice visual, bond with them, talk about their children, find out about their grandmother and everything else to get to the point where we say, I'd like to have a conversation with you about economics, right? We don't have time to smooth everyone's feathers and get them into the proper, okay, I'm, I'm ready to hear this stuff now. I, I drank coffee. I had a Red Bull. I'm I'm like ready to hear this information. My eyes have toothpicks, so I won't go to sleep while you're talking about it, etc. We don't have time for that, folks. And the problem is, is that whether we have time or not, the climate crisis is coming, period. It's not waiting on you whether you have time to learn that we have the money to do these things. It's not waiting for you to learn that stuff. Now, folks, we got a non-negotiating climate. Physics is saying, fuck you. I'm doing my thing. You guys put all this shit in the atmosphere. I got business to take care of now. Yeah, you know, Carpe Diem's got a great comment here. You know, it's like the decision literally impacts sectors of the economy. These young people will probably never buy homes. It's absolutely correct. You own nothing and you'll like it. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much going on, folks. And, And I mean, I just really want you to understand that we have a bigger problem here, right? Because think about how many of the fucking Team Tulsi you know, the now right, sig right wing people that watch Tucker Carlson and talk about MAGA communism and crap like that. Think about how many of those chuckleheads don't understand MMT and refuse to learn it, refuse to understand how it works. So when Joe Biden says stuff like this, naturally, we have no defense because they have literally led people off a cliff. They have misled them, but guess what? If you look at the likes and clicks, you can clearly see a lot of people like that misinformation train. You can clearly see they enjoy, they love it. They love that misinformation train. And as a result of that, when Joe Biden says, Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with the tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. This year, we've reduced the deficit by more than $1 trillion. More than $1 trillion. So, you know, I, I, I'm just putting this out there, right? Where do you think the money is going to come from to rebuild Florida? Now, I can tell you right now, federal government has no constraints. Which I could go in there. It could literally 
rebuild every aspect of Florida right now. It could literally build a seawall around to, to prevent massive uh, surges from coming inland. It could do so many things. The problem is people don't believe that the government creates money and they don't believe that the government is the creator of the dollar. And they think that it all comes from banks and loans and shit like that because there is no alternative to them because they've listened to Fox news. They're a Biden supporter. There are other things that are worthless in society. These worthless creations. Joe Biden's whole mindset is worthless. It's disgusting. The entirety of the Democratic Party that supports austerity is disgusting. The people that celebrate deficit reduction have a disgusting goal in mind. Their viewpoint, their social justice ideas are repulsive when you look at it through the eyes of deficit reduction. When you understand that, when you understand that, okay, when you told me that, when you, when you, when you, someone says this kind of stuff to me, I just think to myself, we don't stand a chance if we don't get militant in how we present this stuff. Folks, time is not waiting on us. And your president that you had to have, because you had to get rid of Donald shithead Trump. And Donald Trump, bad dude, there was alternatives. Democratic Party took those alternatives from us and they presented a cop and a corpse at the top of the ticket. A cop and a corpse who, I mean, has anybody seen Cop Mala Harris? I mean, at all? Has anybody? Cop Mala, anyone? Anyone? No? I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. But alas, I don't really focus on electoral politics because I know that enough of the bad guys are inside dealing with electoral politics. The bad guys, the people that are stuck thinking Joe Biden did a wonderful thing reducing the deficit, okay? The people that think Joe Biden's doing just a splendid job reducing the deficit, okay? As a result of not having an understanding of how this works, people have unfortunately lost their way and we've got no chance without them. So you can vote till your cow the cows come home, but guess what? When you vote and you put somebody in office that has the same Joe Biden sycophantic mindset about deficit reduction, you have hurt us all. And guess what? Because Republicans are thrilled with the idea of deficit reduction. Because Republicans are thrilled, thrilled with cutting spending. You're not going to get any resistance when there's austerity. When a Democrat's in power, the Republicans will be happy and the vote blue sycophants will be happy because the vote blue sycophants have no mind of their own. They simply follow what the party says. You can almost see the guy in 1984 going, how many fingers am I holding up, Winston? And the pork pie hats literally, literally, um, goodbye, Mr. Kevin. Anyway, at the end of the day, if you allow deficit reduction to be part of the deal, you're killing people. This is not something, this is what creates recessions. Who hurts 
during recessions, folks. I want you to think about who hurts during recessions. Who is going to be there to help pick them up? Who? Who helps? Who is there to help? Who is there to help? So James Roop, I'm going to show this and then I'm going to slam it down here in a second because sometimes it gets very frustrating. If you don't understand the system that you're trying to deal with and you say really dumb things, really dumb things, by the way, and a lot of people that want to tear the system down are quite frankly not very, they don't know, they don't understand. And so Republicans are desperate for a constitutional convention to in fact rip apart a lot of it and create something new, create new institutions and so forth. And their goal by doing that is to create balanced budget amendments and all kinds of other, and they have energy because they're not being pulled away by edge lords, a bunch of edge lords that try to drive us off a cliff in different directions. Okay. However, in this particular case, when we talk about what we've been talking about, and unfortunately, I, I just don't think people listen consistently enough to have that full uh, view of the types of stuff we're pushing for. Democratic Party is not pushing for new institutions. They are pushing to keep things exactly as they are. That is a conservative. That is exactly what Republicans, actually Republicans in this case, are the real radicals in this case, because you're trying to make it even more Christo-fascist, okay? But the Democrats are desperate to be the party of nope, the party of stay the course, the party of mission accomplished, the party of let's like cut spending and let's just, you know, have austerity measures. Let's impose more neoliberalism. Let's fatten NATO. Let's do all these things. Yes. Yes, that's what they become and that's what they are. And that's what their leader, Joe Biden, is. And let's just read him one more time for a purpose here. For, 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 you know, an exclamation point. Republicans are always talking about the deficit. Well, guess what? The last guy increased the debt with tax cuts for big corporations. Not a penny of it was paid for. This year, we've reduced the deficit by more than one trillion. That's Joe Biden, folks. And that's what he celebrates. That's what he celebrates. That's Joe Biden. Do yourself a favor. Find out whether or not austerity is social murder. There's studies. It's not hard to find them either. Austerity is murder. So you can't have these conversations with people because they're so full of I know what I'm talking about and I can't be persuaded, even though they can't tie thoughts together coherently. Even though they miss so much. And, and look, being ignorant is no crime in society. To, but folks, we got misinformation coming from us uh, from every direction. So I ask you to dig in and look at what the MMT developers have done. I ask you to look. But the problem here is your mainstream media, your mainstream college institutions, all of them are busy propping up this fake lie. And so in order to build anything new, in order to create a new institution, you've got to have popular support. And if the popular support is because they don't understand they're pushing for austerity, there you go. That's your new institution is austerity, but it's not new. It's old. See, the MMT community is heterodox. And by heterodox, they have to 
evaluate existing models, and then they look to build new models, new institutions. In fact, many of them would say they're institutionalists, okay? Guys like Linwood Toheed of UMKC, institutionalists. The MMT framework is taught in a interdisciplinary institutionalist framework, okay? So we're already aware that new institutions need to be made, okay? But unfortunately, we see people sharing the clickbait of these trash sites that literally don't say any of this. I mean, some of them Tulsi Kratz are out there still repeating lies that they're spending money, they're printing money. They're printing money and creating inflation. That's the Tulsi Kratz. They're out there pumping that right-wing narrative. How do you get past their echo chamber, first of all, filled with people saying, yeah, yeah, they're just printing money and destroying society. How do you get past that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because every step along the way, you've got these hoity-toity, pinky-out, teacup liberals, limousine liberals, people that are in high, high society whose ears burn at the very thought of someone less than them speaking boldly outwardly about the changes that need to be done. And because of that, because of that, we're fucked. And quite frankly, people find it sexy to be on board with what the rich people say with what the high society people say. They're willing to ride that puppy out. Oh, Joe Biden, oh, sure. Well, sure, I know that we know that uh, that deficit reduction is austerity, but you know what? Um, and they bought into the bullshit. They, they pushed that away and said, oh, no, no, no. We gotta, we gotta support the party of austerity. We've gotta support it full-throated whether they put up a freaking corporate of cops, a cop or not. Corpse and a cop. So, you know, voting is highly overrated in my opinion. I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't always know why. And I always usually don't know for whom, because anybody you vote for is trash. Even the quote unquote progressives are busy pushing garbage and the leftists, the people that really support the stuff I support, they can't be bothered to learn how the finance system works. You're too busy talking about something 300 years out front or 119 years behind. And a lot of them are edgelords, so they end up focusing on you know, Rothschilds and private federal reserves. And the, so you're stuck with another myths and legends that you've got to get past just to make an inch of progress. And you're the edgelord because you understand the way the system works. You are dealing with the truth and they are busy telling lies from the fire pit, from the bar stool, myths and legends. How do you get past that? That intellectual, I don't know, like kiddie pool. It's like the kiddie pool of intellectualism. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Anyway, I'm saying all this to make sure you know 
that you've got to engage as many conversations as you can. But before you do that, just know they're going to throw a thousand things at you. Thousand things at you that have nothing to do with nothing. And you've got to swat them away, move them away, push them away, push all the noise away so that you can stay focused. And they are relentless at throwing noise at you. They're relentlessly not committed to system thinking. They're relentless in their pursuit of obtuse nonsense. And I got to be honest with you. I don't know what to do. I got 42 people watching right now. Hopefully 42 people that are weaponized to go out and spread the truth. Hopefully 42 that are willing to do the tough work, engage, you know? But like I said, to start this off, I started talking to my brother and I realized I ain't, I ain't that dude. I'm not going to be the one that reaches him. He's not going to hear me. He's just not going to hear me. So anyway, I'm Steve Grumbine. This is the Rogue Scholar. Really, really, really hope um, some of this added value. Um, really, really like uh, to see as many people as possible advancing this out there. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, a humorous wrote, uh, what's funny is people like me have been saying this before this man was born, which is pretty impressive because I was born in 69. Nixon took us off the Bretton Woods Accord in 73. And MMT started really coming into its own <clears throat> probably in the 90s with Italy, uh, the, the issue with the Lira with Warren Mosler. And the so I'm glad. But the MMT messages, even though it plays off of some old thinking, it's got new, completely new thinking in there. So, you know, don't for a minute think that there isn't new information out there. Please don't think that. Um, anyway, I'm out of here, folks. I really am. I got to get back to work. So have a great day. Appreciate y'all. Love you. Take care. I'm out. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 